This is the First Emmanuel Lutheran Church podcast. For more information about us, who we are, and how to get connected, check us out online at filministries.org. Today's message is delivered by Pastor Randy Roche. So our current worship series, You Are Here, reminds us where we are. You know, when you read through the epistles, the letters in the New Testament, um, they are really designed to do two things. To remind us who we are in Christ, but also to warn us against false teachers, against heresies, against impure doctrines. So when Paul is writing to his recipients, they know the gospel message. They know that they are sinners and they know that Christ has come to save them. What Paul wants to do is make sure that they stay in that faith and are protected from a world of false doctrine. Now, when we come into this sanctuary week after week, we pretty well know the gospel. We know that we're sinners. We know that Jesus came and by his perfect life and his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave, we are redeemed, we are rescued, we are forgiven, we are saved, we are heaven-bound. This we know, but we keep coming back here so that we can be reminded and strengthened in faith, but also that we would be protected from any heresy and false doctrine. So today, in this early section of Paul's letter to the church in Colossae, Paul wants to make sure that his recipient's eyes are not taken off of Christ. Because that's what heresies are designed to do. And that's what we want to look at today. We want to look at this section of Scripture so that we too can keep our eyes fixed on Christ, the preeminent one. So the doctrine that we hear today is that Christ is above all and that we are here in Christ. And Paul talks, first of all, about the supremacy of Christ. And he has, beginning in verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. So Paul calls us to begin at the beginning. Uh, But not Jesus' beginning, because Jesus doesn't have a beginning, and he has no end. Jesus is eternal. He is part of the Godhead, part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three persons, one God, forever and ever, from everlasting to everlasting. But there are a lot of people in Paul's day who refuted that. There are a lot of people who claim Jesus was not divine. Maybe he was just a good man. We hear that today. I've I've heard people say, well, maybe Jesus wasn't true God, 
But he was a good man. He was a moral man. He was an ethical man. And, and they would say, we can learn a lot from Jesus. We can learn how to love one another. We can learn even how to love our enemies. We can treat others in the way that we would want to be treated. And so a lot of people will put Jesus on the same par as uh, Moses or Muhammad or Gandhi and say just a, a good moral person, nothing more. C.S. Lewis, the great Christian writer and defender of the Christian faith of the last century, said, if you listen to what Jesus says about himself, you come up with only three opinions. So if we do listen to Jesus, here's what he says. He says he is the Alpha and the Omega. He says the Father and I are one. He says no one can come to the Father except through me. He is the one who says that he is true God as well as true man and that he is the savior of the human race. Now if that's not true, if what Jesus says about himself is not true, then Jesus is either a liar, which would not make him a very moral man, or he is a lunatic, believing something that he is not. Or he is who he says he is, which is the Lord. Those are the three choices we have when we look at Jesus and what he says about himself. He's either a liar, a lunatic, or he is the Lord of all. Well, we know the answer. Paul says, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So Paul reminds each one of us that Jesus is our beginning. He is the active agent in creation. Now when you read through Genesis 1, do you notice that this almighty God speaks things into existence? Did you notice that? God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God spoke the dry land into being, and he spoke the sky into being, and he spoke the waters into being, and he spoke into being the birds of the air and the fish of the sea and the animals on the land. God spoke all of this into being. And John tells us, that Jesus is the Word made flesh. John begins his gospel this way, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus is the active agent in creation. So Jesus, this God who created all things, comes into our world. He never surrenders his divinity but takes on our humanity and he does everything that's necessary for our salvation by his life, death, and resurrection. And then when his earthly ministry is concluded, as we said today, that he ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. The right hand, which means he is always present and he is all-powerful. 
This is the supremacy of Christ. This, this Jesus who reigned in heaven before he came to earth is reigning in heaven again. And Paul says, and he is the head of the body, the church. So Jesus is the head over the church. Jesus is the one and only God of the universe. And he's the Lord of your heart and mine as well. Which reminds us that he is our salvation. Salvation by Christ is what Paul wants us to understand. Beginning in verse 18. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. In the early church, the two great heresies, false teachings, were Gnosticism and Judaism. The Gnostics would say that you had to have a special knowledge in order to get to heaven, that the things of the world, the material things are evil, and only the spiritual things are good. And to be released from the evil material, you had to have this special knowledge. And Paul would say, no, the only knowledge you need is faith in Jesus. The Judaizers, on the other hand, would say, you have to continue to follow all the Old Testament rules and regulations and customs, or you will not be concerned considered worthy by God to enter into heaven. Today, we hear a lot of opinions about getting to heaven, a lot of twisted doctrines that you must be good to get to heaven, or at least have good intentions, or that you can have a faith in anything and you'll be able to get to heaven. Or even now there are more people who are saying, well, there is no heaven whatsoever. When you die, you die. Game over. But Paul said, for in him, in Christ, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Kind of interesting that we sinners have this natural, sinful inclination to believe that we must do something for our salvation. The idea, I guess, is this. Well, we broke it. We have to fix it. It's our responsibility. And if you notice, all of these other religions have devised pathways to heaven. Certain things you must do prescriptions that you must fulfill in order to find treasure and pleasure with your God. Luther struggled with this. Am I good enough? Am I good enough to be allowed into God's perfection of heaven? Have I done enough? And the answer that he kept getting was no. His conscience told him, I guess I can never be good enough or do enough. Paul went through the same thing. The good I want to do, I don't do. The evil I don't want to do, that's what I keep doing. And he, he says, what a wretched man that I am. How could I ever be saved? And it's this, 
spiritual helplessness that moved Paul and Luther to see the grace of God and the cross of Jesus Christ. It was in the recognition of their spiritual weaknesses that they found relief in the mercy of God. And comfort and peace were found in a confidence that comes only in the work of Jesus. And this is where we find our comfort and peace. Our confidence is in the Christ who's done all things necessary for us in our salvation. So that when our earthly journey draws to a close, we have no fear. I was in the hospital uh, this week and I walked up to the information desk and the lady was sitting at the desk and she had this t-shirt and it said, Faith over fear. And after I got the information I needed, I said, I want to say I really appreciate your shirt. I'm sure that's extremely comforting for people who come here with so much on their mind. And she said, oh, I like this shirt. Where'd you get it? The hospital gave them out to us. Isn't that wonderful? It's faith over fear. And that's only possible through Christ which means that he is sufficient for us. We have our sufficiency of Christ. And Paul winds up our reading this way. He says, And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, Stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. So since we have confidence in Christ, since we know we have salvation in Jesus Christ, since we know we're on our way to heaven, our lives that have been reconciled are now lived to the glory of the God who reconciled them. If Christ is the sufficiency of our salvation, then Christ is the sufficiency of every new day that we live. The stability of life in an unstable world can be found in these words of God through St. Paul. Continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. And it is true. We live in a world of changes and challenges, of trials and troubles and tribulations. That's not pessimistic, that's realistic. And I know nearly each week, no matter who's preaching, there's always someone who comes in the back and says, thank you, I needed to hear that. And it might not have been anything new, but it was a wonderful reminder of the sufficiency we have in Christ no matter what we are encountering any day. We need that reassurance that Jesus Christ is right there with us in the midst of a darkened valley that we may be traveling, that his presence is sufficient, his promises are sufficient, his grace is sufficient. And you might be walking through a dark valley today. 
If so, know this, Jesus is with you, leading you, guiding you, the light for your path, using all things together for your good and for his glory. So maybe we should let our life's motto be faith over fear. So wherever you find yourself today or any new tomorrow, remember that the mighty God who created the entire universe, who defeated your guilt and your grave, who prepares for you a place in his heaven, he is sufficient for anything and everything that you and I will ever encounter. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you want to learn more about First Emmanuel Lutheran Church, visit filministries.org. We'll see you next week, and God bless.